Well, Madonna is out of bed and heading back to the stage, possibly in the very same month as our Kylie sets up a stint of shows in Vegas. Today we revisit Cindy Lauper's True Colors album and Britney. She's about to release a memoir, people. Her publishers describe it as a brave and astonishingly moving story about freedom, fame, motherhood, survival, faith and hope. Have you heard what it's called though? She must have a very big appetite these days. My name is Tim, the man who is most probably in the Guinness Book of Records for having watched the TV series Feud the most number of times. If that's appealing, then tumble out of bed, stumble to the kitchen, which is conveniently located in the fortress. Come on, let's go. Coming to you from the mountain fortress of pop culture. You're listening to Time to Talk. Hello everyone, this is your Daily Dose of Internet. Yes, hello indeed. Welcome to the Fortress. You're listening to Time to Talk. You can now find us on Threads. Now, I don't know exactly how Threads works, but if you need the dot, maybe try Time to Talk Show. Time to Talk dot show i don't know that's how it's coming up don't really know i'm still getting my head around threads if you don't like threads and you can still find us on all those other platforms the golden age of pop culture on facebook time to talk australia on facebook we'd love to hear from you please send us your audio messages keep it to three to five minutes about any pop culture topic you like and we will unless you are breaking the law we'll play it in our podcast we would love to hear from you and thank you for all of you who are sending in those audio messages about things i haven't even thought about for years thank you so much now listen have you heard this It's been out for a while now. Look, it's by our very own Australian Darren Hayes, who's pretty cool. I would love to talk to him one day. I've got so many questions I'm dying to ask him. But back in the day when he was Savage Garden, they released just two albums. They are, oh, they are brilliant. Go and listen to the two albums by Savage Garden if you've never heard them before, because a lot of you are really young. So we keep you up to date with the old school stuff that's worth revisiting. But this was... I Want You, one of the songs that was on the first album. Uh, In fact, it might have been their first single, but certainly one of their first singles. Now listen, when they reimagine tracks, most of the time, not worth it. Don't bother. Mm, Bit blah. This is phenomenal. I Want You featuring Darren Hayes uh, is, it's just brilliance. I love it. It's given me a whole new it's given the track a whole new lease of life, and it's been out for a while, but I've only just cottoned onto it. Check it out. Let's start with the big news, of course. Madonna is back on her feet, and she has spoken to us. Thank God. It's been a troubling couple of weeks, hasn't it, when we heard silence days after our last podcast where, 
we really exclaimed from the highest heights that we were worried about Madonna. Why is there radio silence? Just days after that, Madonna was papped, walking through the city uh, with a friend, trying to be in disguise, I think, but she was papped. What did you think of those pap photos, by the way? How did she look to you? For me, she looked like someone who had been through an ordeal, okay? And uh, that's not a criticism, don't don't bludgeon me. To me, a lot of people, a lot of fans, because they were so relieved, were saying, oh, doesn't she look great? Doesn't she look fabulous? It's like, no, she doesn't so much. She looks like somebody who is in recovery to me. She was holding herself up. Uh, what did you think, too, about the backside? Was it a little less inflated than usual? I hope she has taken them out. I totally respect her right to uh, modify her body and look the way she looks. I'm not one of those people who thinks she's got to rein it back. But when it comes to affecting your health, if that's the case, then I hope she did get them taken out during this process of recovery. So surely you must feel the same as me about this three-month thing because she, she was due to start in July, right? Now she has postponed the North American leg of the tour. That makes a lot of sense logistically. She'll start in Europe, I believe, um, and she'll probably um, return and have the finale, the last stretch of the concert tour in North America. And that's all great. But October? That's not that far away, is it? Are you worried about that? Like I am? Only three months recovery time before performing the equivalent of a marathon every night. Performing, traveling, performing, traveling. I mean, yep, she's acclimatized to it. She knows what she's doing so she can make pretty much informed decisions. Of course, the difference here is that she's just had a near-death experience. Is it enough time? Is she overstretching? We all know that she has a morbid fear of her own mortality. Is this response of hers unreasonable? Is it clouded? I would have loved to have seen her take more time off to recover. Doesn't mean that she couldn't have been working. She can continue working on the tour. Look, there are huge financial obligations at play here. She talked in her statement about not enjoying letting people down. But at the same time, at what cost? Getting back on the horse, so to speak, so early. At what cost? Let's have a little reflect together on the statement that she released to her fans earlier in the week. It said, thank you for your positive energy, prayers and words of healing and encouragement. I have felt your love. I'm on the road to recovery and incredibly grateful for all the blessings in my life. My first thought when I woke up in the hospital was my children. My second thought was that I did not want to disappoint anyone who bought tickets for my tour. I also didn't want to let down the people who have worked tirelessly with me over the last few months to create my show. I hate to disappoint anyone. My focus now is my health and getting stronger, and I assure you, I'll be back with you as soon as I can. The current plan is to reschedule the North American leg of the tour and to begin in October in Europe. I couldn't be more grateful for your care and support. Love, M. Personally, I was so grateful for that statement. It was so personal, so direct. It was talking to us, wasn't it? Very intimate. It felt like it had been penned specifically for us, the fans. Now, look, what do you reckon of this 
October start date. Is she going to have to modify the show? Especially considering what I just said about maybe pushing things too fast. I can't imagine Madonna walking back into the rehearsal studios and saying, right, bring that down, temper that dance routine, let's not do that track altogether. I just... I suppose we won't know because the show hadn't started. We don't know what the show looked like in the first place, so it would be really hard to identify if anything has been modified. But what do you think? Will she? Will she change the show? She sings from the heart. What about when she's singing Live to Tell? Or Die Another Day? Or is it possible that she will add a song like Survival into the set list now? Which was unlikely to get up, wasn't it? But maybe. Maybe there's going to be reference to what happened. I mean, she's an artist. And Madonna goes to great lengths to reflect what's going on in the world, in her life, when you think of the confessions to her. The x-rays up on the screen. Um, in fact, I think it inspired the whole opening act with the horses galloping. God, that was such a fantastic opening, wasn't it, too? And But that had been inspired by recent events in her life. I wonder, now that I'm thinking about it and talking about it with you, maybe she will modify the show. But not so that it's less strenuous, but so that it is a true and accurate reflection of where she is in her life now. There are reports that Guy Ritchie, her former husband and father of Rocco, has offered to drop everything and help wherever he can. And look, a decent person who's had a relationship with someone in the past, would that sounds very likely to be the case. Um, she apparently is surrounded by lots of people who are offering very, very practical support, which is fantastic. And despite the fact that she released a statement, have you noticed the rumours well, they didn't dissipate, not not for a moment. The rumours actually seemed to escalate. Uh, everything from the fact that she was clinically brain dead and that stupid article that's come out more recently and I feel totally uncomfortable even mentioning it because it's so lowbrow, essentially suggesting that she faked the whole thing because of ticket sales being poor. Well, there's so much wrong in that, isn't there? The ticket sales are far from poor. So the good news is, it seems we are entering a much more hopeful phase. I'm just so glad that Madonna's up and about, and that I've seen her and heard from her directly. But some fans still harbour that surprise, and maybe just a hint of resentment about the way that it was all handled in the first place. Uh, it just seemed like the fans... Uh, weren't treated in the way that we should have been. Some people feel that way at least. Terry Jones, a huge Madonna fan, has been kind enough to send us his views. Hi, this is Terry from Colorado, and I wanted to give you my opinion of Madonna's update this morning on her health and the tour. Um, I'm glad, first of all, that Madonna is alive and she is... Uh, recovering didn't like the way that it was handled to begin with because there was just too much silence which I think scared people and as far as the postponement of the US shows I think it's very disappointing because people have uh, purchased tickets in January and February for shows and booked flights and hotels and 
I have to either take flight credits or loss on airfare or whatever it may be. I don't think any of that is right. While I also understand she was sick, I just feel like that her management team handled everything very poorly. And I do hope Madonna has a successful tour. I have tickets for four shows. And I'm hoping that I'm able to reschedule everything for those four shows because it was a lot of work to do it to begin with. But let's see how everything goes. I just felt like that it could have been handled a lot better. Good on you, Terry. I think you do speak for a lot of fans who thought that we were cut out of a loop for too long. Maybe people around Madonna, including her manager Guy, underestimated just how worried we'd be. But look, it's time to start being positive. In October, you know, she if she's decided that that's what it is, that's what it is. Let's start looking forward to October. I was so looking forward to this tour anyway. It's hit a hurdle. She's assuring us that she's going to get over the hurdle and she'll be there in October. Imagine that standing ovation when she first hits the stage. But look, take it away. Let's not talk about her health anymore. Let's talk about something a little bit exciting. What should be on the set list? What would you expect? It's, it's, I've been told by many fans, and thank you for writing to me, that I was wrong when I said that this is a greatest hits tour. It's a celebration tour. Look, okay, I take your point. I don't really see what the difference is, and I think you're splitting hairs. This is, for all intents and purposes, a greatest hits tour. So write to me again, correct me again, that's okay. I really don't think we're going to be seeing too many tracks that aren't mega hits. But there will always be surprises with Madonna. So my question is, what would you like to see as one of those surprises? For me, okay, I'm just going to say it. And I'm gonna, I'll be able to hear you booing from there. What about Love Won't Wait? Oh, a lot of you, I hear you. Yeah, oh, ouch, that hurt. Yes, I do know that it was never a single. What, what? Yes, yes, I do know that it was never on an album. What? No, I'm not ignorant. No, I know it was only just recorded. Yes, I know Gary Barlow wrote it. Yeah, I know he released it. I know, I know. But I've heard her version, the unreleased track that never should have seen daylight because she wouldn't have wanted it to. But I like it. And I want to see her perform it on the celebration tour. It's very unrealistic of me, but I'd like to see it. Who knows? She might even be breaking the, the, the show up into eras. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, that's just dawned on me. I'd love to see the bedtime eras segment because we didn't really get that, did we? She didn't tour bedtime stories. A more realistic option. What about Rescue Me? Surely. Surely. Didn't she tease it a little bit on Rebel Heart? Think about it. It's Rescue Me and then it just fades to black and there's just thunder. Because there's a lot of thunder effect in that song. And where does it segue into? What about Rain? It can segue into Rain. You know, they should have had me on this. They should have had me on the project. I've got it all worked out. Regardless, we have so much to look forward to as Madonna fans. The future is very, very bright. I'll leave the last word to Nicholas, who sent me a very personal and private 
message that he wanted to send directly to Madonna. Hello, Queen of Pop, Madonna. My name is Nicholas. I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm one of your biggest fans. And I know I speak for a lot of people when I say that I'm so happy you're doing better. Your update today was a beacon of light. Um, as you have always been throughout the last 40 years for our community. Thank you for always being a source of strength and resilience and compassion and love for our community. I can't wait to see you when you go back out on tour, when you're back 100%. But take your time, get better, feel better, stay lovely, stay healthy. And we can't wait until we see what surprises you bring for us. We love you so much, Madonna. Thank you. God bless you and your family. Sometimes amateurs know best, and a lack of professionalism is all you'll hear on the Time to Talk show. Join Tim and his panel of guests as they wade their way through a range of news, music, and pop culture treats. Time to Talk, the show hosted by amateurs for unprofessional listeners. Amateurs, is this the best that they could do? Okay, so a few episodes ago, I spoke about Barbie, and I warned you all. I said, it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be like a disease. And I don't know about where you live, but everywhere I walk at the moment, it's Barbie dolls, it's Barbie books, it's Barbie toys, it's Barbie posters. It's just, it's too much. It's too too much. much. Here's the amusing part, though. Miss 13, who I just thought for sure a 13, 14, 15-year-old would be like, no way, I'm not seeing that. No way. No, no, God, I'm, yeah, no. I will be there very soon. As soon as this Thursday, apparently, in a movie theater watching it. Now, I'm sounding like I'm being dragged there, but let's be totally honest. Much as it pains me to admit it, I do want to check it out. Yes, there you go, I said it. I do, I want to see it. Well, it's an Australian for a start. Margot Robbie, she's in it. I do draw the line at Will Ferrell. I won't know. I'm just not even going to read anything, deliberately at least. It's all over everywhere, isn't it? But I'll be there and I will tell you what I thought of it. Don't lie to me. Don't tell me that you're not planning to see it because it's one of those movies that everyone goes, yeah, no, I'm not going to go and see it. And then a week later, you're with a friend or a family member and you're sitting in the freaking audience (laughs) having paid. I'll go there. It's winter time in Australia. I'm going to take a big jacket, nice blanket. If I happen to fall asleep, then that's okay. Um, it's always dangerous falling asleep with children around because you could end up with a piece of popcorn right up your nostril. Visit to the ER. A pair of tweezers later. But yes, I will be there. I'm not proud of it. But I'm not ashamed of it either. And I shouldn't be. I'm not. Look, just a quick comment about this. Have you noticed this trend of people throwing things at the heads or at the bodies of celebrities while they're on stage in concert? And why is the media sort of treating this with such amusement? They're not taking it seriously at all. This is going to sound like an extraordinary leap, but the day that Ariana Grande's concert in Manchester was terrorised by explosions... and a a bag full of dirty bombs. I was gutted. I was genuinely gutted and devastated. Pop culture and music and entertainment and celebrity 
is meant to be the most light and joyous part of life. And for somebody to pollute it in any way is about as filthy and disgusting as you can possibly get. Why the hell would you throw something at somebody who's trying to entertain a crowd? It's so upsetting. These people should be locked up. For a very, very long time, if I found one of them, if somebody next to me in a concert threw something onto the stage deliberately to hurt or to injure, I would grab them by the back of the head and I would slam them into the ground as hard as I possibly could and I would encourage a stampede. They are the lowest filth for attacking something so pure and so innocent and so joyful and destroying it, not to mention the physical safety of the person on stage. This has got to stop. So Lato, I don't know who that is, a rapper in Germany was performing when something was thrown and it was caught on camera and she rightly got furious about it and, and threatened the person who threw it. Harry Styles? He's the most inoffensive person you could ever come across. Just stop there singing his songs and we don't know what he was hit in the face with, but it looked fucking awful. It looked like it hurt. He walked off the stage holding his eye. Now the performer Drake, he had a cell phone thrown at him on the stage. He was singing some song and it just came flying through the air from the crowd. It didn't hit him in the body or the head. It hit his hand, I think, from memory. Some other artist called B. Brexer, that was a cell phone. She was hit in the face. She dropped to her knees. She was taken to fucking hospital. And she probably still has bruised eye. This is an assault. In that case, at least someone was arrested. His name is Nicholas Malvagna. Now, look him up, find him on social media, send him to me. Send him to me. Ava Max was slapped by uh, a man who got up on the stage and slapped her across the face. Then she went on Twitter afterwards and said the slap was so hard that it scratched the inside of her eye. Kelsey Ballerini, if I'm pronouncing it right, she's a country star. She was performing and someone threw an object from the crowd, hit her in the face. She stopped singing, she left the stage. Then we have the one that the media thinks is oh so funny, Pink. She's up there, someone tosses a bag, and it turns out to be the ashes of the fan's mother. Now it didn't hit her, but still that trend of it's okay to throw something up on the stage that could actually hurt or disrupt or injure. Other artists have spoken out about it. Adele, Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish says that she's been getting stuff thrown on the stage and at her for years. And she has no insight into why this behavior has become commonplace. Well, if you're listening to this show, you're a fan of pop culture. You're a fan of the joy and the escapism of it all. I know you are. I know how much it means to you. I know how much it carries you. Let's not let this happen anymore. It's actually up to us because the media seems to find it amusing. It doesn't seem like many people are actually being charged or punished severely for this behavior. So let's do it ourselves. If somebody is in a concert that you attend and hurls something on a stage, you've got every right to restrain them. 
you have every right to restrain them and grab them by the back of the head and put them wherever they need to be put and then drag them wherever they need to be dragged. It's up to us to stop it. On a much, much lighter note, I had a fantastic Cindy Lauper fan reach out to me over the past couple of weeks telling me that I needed to revisit True Colours. That was the second studio album. It's not just the song, it was the name of her second studio album. It was released in 1986 and it had a a number of really successful singles from it. True Colours was obviously the one that stands the test of time. There was also Change of Heart and What's Going On and I believe Ika Waiko. Is that how you say it? I believe that was on this album too, because I went back and had a listen. Now, Iris, who's the super Cindy fan who reached out to me, uh, do you know what? I thought I'd heard this album, but I hadn't. I heard a lot of the tracks off it, but I hadn't listened to it from woe to go. Now, I've listened to it four or five times since you reached out to me and said, yeah, get on it, have a listen. Uh, I was really surprised that I hadn't heard it before. A lot of the songs I didn't recognise. I'd certainly never listened to it as we should with albums. The journey from start to finish in one sitting, um, enjoying it for what it is. Look, I was quite struck with it. It was, it's felt quite avant-garde to me. It was a little bit experimental. Um, Cindy's voice is absolutely hypnotic throughout it. Look, rather than me tell you what I thought of the album, Let's have a little listen to what Iris had to say about True Colors. And I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, here in the United States. And I just want to say um, thank you very much for allowing me the opportunity to be a part of the podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. And unfortunately, I don't have a laptop set up to be a part of the actual episode. Otherwise, I would have loved to have done that. But um, I do. I appreciate any opportunity given, though. And uh, I'm really glad that we're talking about this album, actually. Um, I think that True Colors is definitely a gem in Cindy Lauper's catalog. Um, I do really love this album a lot. I grew up with the album. Um, this album came out in the late summer of the mid-80s. This was during my parents' time. Um, but, um, of course, naturally, I, I grew up with the album myself. And it's one of those albums that I do go back and listen to every now and then, um, especially during Pride Month, because I think I think it's just that important. Um, I think the song True Colors itself is such, I think it's such a beautiful and meaningful song. Um, I think uh, she did put a lot of effort and a lot of emotion and she put a lot of thought into the album as well. And, and the song and the album also. Um, uh, a little side note, she, she did dedicate the actual song True Colors to her friend. She had at the time named Gregory, who recently had passed away during uh during the dreadful AIDS epidemic. So um so, so I I think this album really I think this album really came out at a time, you know, during uh it, it came out during a time where the AIDS epidemic was really at its peak for sure. And of course, you know, she along with it with her she along with with every other celebrity and every other supporter, you know, were were aware of what was going on and she she herself at the time was being affected by it by losing some of her friends and so that's where this song came into play um it's, it's always a joy listening to her perform it um every now and then especially during pride month or any or any special event that that's going on and they have her there to sing to sing this specific song because i, I think it means a lot to her you know it, it means a lot to her 
And it means a lot to us, you know, it means a lot to us here in the community as well, because I mean, we really appreciate her efforts. And, uh, and really, this is one of the songs that, that never gets old, you know, and so, um, and also just the, the album True Colors itself, I think it's a real, I think it's a real, it's a real blissful, like, wonderful, wonderful album, like the production and the, and the whole production and the album. Uh, it's really 80s. It's very uh, album of its time, but I think it never gets old. Um, I love the song True. I like the, the, the song Boy Blue. I, I think it has similar um, references to True Colors, but um, I really like the song Boy Blue. And um, so there's a song actually, uh, it, it's a B-side song on the True Colors single. Um, it's a B-side called Heading for the Moon. Um, I think it should have been incorporated into the actual album because I think it would have helped balance the album out when it comes to um, balladry. But she did recently come out with a 35th anniversary of the album also. So um, a, a couple years ago, and she did add Hitting for the Moon as part of the album track list as well. So um, I do appreciate that. But, um, but, but yeah, this album, it, it does mean a lot to me. It means a great deal. Um, I do have, I, I have her first three, I have her first three records in my record collection, and out of the three, this is always the one that I always choose to pick first. And so um, I, I would like to hear what you guys think about it. Um, I know you guys are really good uh, at, at, at using your resources for for these kind of videos, and I'm quite curious what others might think of the, of the album as well. Um, thank you very much for, for um, the opportunity to be part of the podcast, and I look forward to hearing the episode. And you guys take care. Thank you, Iris, for sending that through. I hope we hear from you again about some other pop culture treats. I've got to say, in the United States, True Colors, it was certified double platinum. It peaked at number four on the Billboard 200. It topped the Australian charts for four weeks. And in Japan, it outsold She's So Unusual, although that was not the case in most countries. And it produced singles, as we've heard, True Colors, Change of Heart, What's Going On, and Boy Blue. And every one of those singles had a music video. Although the video for Boy Blue was just a live performance from her Zenith concert in Paris. The album sold around 7 million copies worldwide. So it was well and truly a hit. Our final word goes to John from the USA. Thanks, John. Hello, Tim. Hello, Time to Talk Australia listeners. Growing up was a special time. Everything was on cassette back then. I remember in the late 90s, I got the uh, True Colors album late, and it was from Columbia House. Everything was on cassette, of course. Got that for, I want to say, a Christmas present, and I kept it all the years. And every time I got a cassette, I was so happy to get it, but especially Cyndi Lauper. I had all her stuff on cassette, you know... Christmas one year of the 80s, I got her first album, which was amazing. The artwork and everything. Actually, I loved all her covers of her albums and the music. The music itself spoke. It didn't need no explanation. You just know it was Cyndi Lauper. And every time an album came out, I just remember of nostalgia of the past. You can't beat that. It's priceless. It was very special, too, I gotta say. Because a lot of time, music today, you kind of get, you know, it's not the same like it used to be. 
But if you stick with the people you love and the music you you really like to listen to, it just makes it special. But the True Colors album was always fun. I love the cover. She's like laying in the sand, I think, in an orange. I don't have the album with me. Of course, my stuff got stolen, but I just love the cover and the color and the message of her album. True Colors is iconic. Very good album, I would say. I also want to let everybody have a great day and I'm enjoying your show. Greetings from America. Keep up the great work, Tim. I'm having a gooseberry and cinnamon yogurt. Who wants a gooseberry and cinnamon yogurt? Chloe, would you like a gooseberry and cinnamon yogurt? Yes, please. Some of you may be starting to think that we're not going to talk about Kylie during this podcast. Not so. Not so. We're going to get there. I don't know if there'll ever be a podcast where we don't mention Kylie. But I do want to talk about Brittany first. I don't know if too much time has passed for you to remember that when she came out of her conservatorship, there were all kinds of uh, rumours, and I bet there were wheelings and dealings happening, for Brittany to tell her story. Uh, a lot of people speculated that Oprah had the big exclusive, but look, it just wasn't the right time. I bet there were conversations going on behind the scenes, but good on Brittany. I think she recognised that, no, I, I need some time to decompress. Part of her issue is how harsh that celebrity spotlight has always been on her. The fascination, the fairly disgusting treatment of the way they report her mental health issues, even though as consumers, you know, we are equally responsible for lapping it up, me included, back in the day. We didn't know as much as we did then. I've noticed Perez Hilton um, has not apologised at all for the way that he reported. At least some of us have since reflected and went, I wish I hadn't consumed um, those stories with as much glee. Hopefully some publishers have thought twice about the way that they published stories and reported on them. But the thing is, she's now come to a point where she's ready to tell her own story. Her younger sister, of course, released a book not so long ago. I love that girl. I don't know much about it. Is it Jamie Lynn? I think it is. Um, I didn't know much about Jamie. I saw her hanging around Britney's ankles and waist when she was a little girl, um, loving the spotlight. I know she had her own little television show as well. And I think she had a bit of a crack at music. Uh, she is obviously estranged, as many of Britney's family are from her. It's very sad. But she released her own book. And I was really impressed by the way she handled the media circuit on the release of her book. You might not be impressed by the fact that she wrote it in the first place, and I understand that and I respect it. But when you're a uh, sibling or a family member of a celebrity, that is a tough place to be because your story gets obliterated and overshadowed. And particularly if you fly too close to the flame, as Christopher Giacconi did, but her book was great, and I just I adored her for some reason. She, she radiates a lot of um, authenticity when she was doing her media circuit. Point being, and I finally come to the point here, that Brittany is now telling her own story in her own words. It's not going to come via a social media rant at all. She's finished the book. It's due out, uh, apparently not too far away. It's called The Woman in Me, which I know 
isn't a reference to old Mother Hubbard who swallowed a fly. I know it's a reference to a line in one of her earlier famous songs. And you can already pre-order it. As I said at the top of the show, the publishers are calling it a story about freedom, fame, motherhood, survival, faith and hope. Uh, And it features a black and white photograph of a topless Brittany folding her arms to cover her breasts. Uh, It's actually a beautiful photo as well. Very raw. Brittany is good at that, isn't she? She's good at being uh, raw and herself, regardless of how that can be perceived at times. Let's hear from Brittany in her own words. Okay, guys. So I just got finished with my book. It's coming out very soon. I worked my ass off for this book. I had a lot of therapy to get this book done. So you guys better like it. And if you don't, that's cool too. Jamaica. Oh, I want to take you to Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. I'm out of here. So bye, guys. Hope you like the book. So what do you think? Will you be reading this? Somehow I don't think you're going to have much of a choice. It's going to be um, published in extracts in all over the media. And uh, I'd love it if she actually did an audiobook of this as well. I really had never been into audiobooks until Spare came out, Prince Harry's autobiography. And it, <laughs> it did sound like listening to Gordon Ramsay for about nine consecutive hours. But I hope Brittany does an audiobook. I'd probably get my hands on that. If not, I will be reading this book. Look, I have made no secret of the fact that I think Brittany fans are amazing. But as a fan group, they were really very irresponsible for chanting Free Brittany for so many years when they didn't know the full story. Certainly here in our country, and from what I understand of the United States too, if you're put into one of those arrangements, it is for extremely serious reasons. And there's got to be a lot of stuff that we still don't know that went on for her to be under that conservatorship. It usually means the highest level of risk to self or the highest level of risk to others, including children. So to march down the street chanting Free Britney when you had no concept of her medical issues, none, was totally irresponsible. But I do know that the public pressure, which Britney fans often pat themselves on the back for, it actually played no part in her exiting the conservatorship. It played zero part. It was done by professionals reviewing the facts, the medical evidence, and all the evidence that surrounded the case. So I am fascinated to read Uh, her own words of that story. I think a lot of you probably don't realise there are extraordinary stories about her barricading herself in houses with her children, with police outside. I hope she touches on all of that. And because she is such an honest person, you can certainly say that about Brittany. She's honest to a fault. I think that this book will be honest to a fault too. Jordan is a huge Britney fan. He reached out to us recently. Here's what he has to say about the upcoming memoir. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, My name's Jordan. I'm a showbiz reporter and I live near Newcastle in the UK. I am so excited to finally have Britney's book confirmed. It feels like it's been such a long time coming. You know, we've had the alleged paper shortages, stuff about Lynn being terrified about what's in there all of that. Um, first of all, can I just point out the perfection of the title? I thought a lot of people, particular in the media, 
were quite slow to pick up on this, but you know, just those those lyrics from "I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman," um, they're just spot on for the title, and I don't think I knew what to expect, but I, I was really pleasantly surprised. I just think part of the reason that we're all so ready for this, and part of the reason Britney's been around for so long as a star, is because there's just so much mystery that comes with her. Um, it's always been that way. She she came from nothing. Um, she had this incredible rise to fame that nobody really could have predicted. She's almost like the impossible dream. Um, even today, there's this whole sort of thing about our cryptic Instagram posts. Nobody has ever really uh, got close to her. And because our image has been so manufactured, pretty much since the baby one more time days, it's really tricky to get a clear picture of who she is. And whether you like it or not, the conservatorship is or was part of that mystique, you know, well, um, I supported the free Britney movement, but I did worry there was a lot of people supporting it just because they were a fan of her. Um, we'll never know the absolute truth of what Britney went through during that conservatorship, but this memoir is probably going to be the closest we're going to get you know we've had Lynn's book that was years ago now uh, we've had Jamie Lynn's book more recently and this just feels like it could be the missing piece of the puzzle you know it's this has been one of the biggest celebrity stories of the last decade so or more um, and if 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 what Britney's been teasing then is true, then I'm sort of expecting some bombshells, uh, clarifications on things. You know, we've had our dad, Jamie, speak out and claim that he had her working so much doing the world tour uh, because she was broke and he, and he needed to get her financially straight. But then um, she's come out and said that she felt forced into work against her will, for example. So I can see that from both sides. So I'm looking forward to just getting more on that. Um, I know there's been all sorts of rumours about Britney doing mu new music, comeback and everything like that. But she said that uh, she doesn't want to perform again. And even if she doesn't do anything in her career anymore, I'm just hoping that this memoir ties up all those loose ends. And really, if nothing else, will allow her to retire without tarnishing her legacy as somebody who is no, no doubt one of the biggest pop stars of our time. So, yeah, um, I'm already thinking about booking the day off work just so I can read it in one sitting. <laughs> so, yeah, um, thanks, guys. And thank you, Jordan. Despite everything, despite some of the previous podcasts that you may have heard from me, I have total respect for Britney fans. I know how much you love her. I know where you were coming from. I know where your heart was. So please know that I am totally on board with um, the need for people to defend Brittany and be on her side and to be a moral support for her. And Jordan, thank you so much. That was beautifully articulated. I hope you get in touch with us again sometime. Well done you for hanging in there. We're going to talk about Kylie now and just a bit of a shout out if you haven't heard our conversation with Steve Anderson, who is a very lovely and sweet man from the UK who has worked with Kylie since finer feelings. Yep, we got the privilege of, of talking to him you might want to go back through the podcasts and find uh, that conversation because it was just it was beautiful a beautiful casual chat about 
uh, but quite extraordinary too when you think about what the topic was his ongoing and beautiful creative relationship with Kylie the episode's called Making Sweet Music with Kylie Minogue look it up on our podcast channel so isn't it exciting we finally have the confirmation yep we knew it was coming but we finally have the confirmation that Kylie will be playing in Vegas is it called the Venetian where she's playing I know it's a very intimate little club venue like it's got about a thousand seats is anyone else thinking of intimate and live yay everything starts to make sense now doesn't it she had padam padam which is the first lead single she's ever had in her career that she launched in the United States of course you know she was on look what happens live is that what it's called look what happens live watch what happens live with Andy Cohen anyway whatever the show is called wasn't it a great little segment as well really fun Kylie is very relaxed and happy at the moment she clearly loves Andy Cohen as well but there she was talking about wanting her clip to look American the diner all of that Americana in the video was very deliberate the only thing that has really surprised me is that the rumor is that the start date for these Vegas shows will be October that's a lot sooner than I thought I I really just assumed in my head that she'd do the world tour first because that's pending and then she would hit Vegas at the end for a residency but it's looking likely that it's going to be album release in September then an October residency who knows maybe it will be broken up into parts god I hope so because I really was planning to get over there to support her and obviously enjoy her show as well but to support her in in the United States I wanted to have some some long-term fans in the audience but I don't know if I can get over there by October that's a bit quick isn't it she seems to have managed this contract so that she's not locked in for years and years on end or even months and months on end it seems like it's going to be quite a short stint or again something that keeps occurring to me is maybe it's a short stint with a long break and then another short stint I I don't know but she's certainly managed to do what a lot of artists haven't been able to do and um, locked herself in in a very flexible way in Las Vegas now all our super fans owe a lot to Andy Cohen he has managed to convince the world that this padam padam is the song of the summer you know I mean a lot of us probably thought it but he has absolutely escalated that to new heights I'm hearing it called the song of the summer everywhere in the United States at the moment including on a very strange show called Kelly and Mark what a horrid little show that was but they were talking about it being the song of the summer as well thank you Andy Cohen for getting momentum behind Padam Padam if you listen to this show a lot you'll know that we are tracking the numbers of Padam Padam it's just past 37 and a half million streams on Spotify and she's getting 15.6 million monthly listeners on Spotify as well so that momentum is still going it might have eased ever so slightly maybe but it's still the upward trend is is absolutely still there and in the UK Padam Padam is nearing silver certification which means 200,000 units moved uh, for singles that is for if you move 200,000 units then you'll be certified silver for a single for albums you need to get to 60,000 for silver 
So, yeah, she's going to have a silver certification. Do you remember the days when everything Kylie released was platinum? Which is, you know, much bigger than gold or silver. I mean, I know. Uh, yes, yes. Gee, you're, you are bothering me tonight. Yes, I know that. I know times have changed. I know it's harder to get to platinum. I know things are different. I know they count things differently. I know, I know. I'm not saying that this should be platinum. I'm just saying that that's exactly what's happening. I mean, she's about to be certified silver in the UK. Happy days. I'm happy about it, all right? I'm happy about it. Now, when we talk about the second single, wasn't that interesting, the response she gave to Andy Cohen? Um, you don't often see Kylie be that... Um, she wasn't abrupt, but assertive. Can you tell us what the second single is going to be? Nope. Nope. She wasn't going to reveal it. <laughs> so there's obviously plans, but I can tell you, in case you have missed some of the previous episodes that there are a minimum of three singles planned there are videos for all of those already in the works and they'll all be directed by sophie who directed padam so they 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 have the whole plan mapped out but the way that they're trying to cleverly and look good on them i'll leave you to it i'm not going to interrupt such a stellar i mean god kylie fans you and i know every era we complain go back and listen to kylie's wasted disco the podcast that almost meant i had to leave the country and change address i i'm the king of complaining about how they manage eras and um the campaigns around different albums i'm the king of it because she has misstepped and her team have misstepped many many times before this time they are getting it right so hands up nope i'm not going to push you for the second single um you've clearly got great plans for how to announce it and to cleverly weave it into this vegas thing and you're in the united states so strongly at the moment where you know you're capitalizing on the success of padam but actually that's the wrong terminology you're not capitalizing you planned it you knew you've hatched a plot and i absolutely commend you for it so i'm not going to interrupt it you know better than me you know what you're doing but please tell me what the second single is and tell me it's hands i really want it to be hands can't it be hands well thank you as always for spending a little bit of time with me it's been absolutely joyous as always i would love to hear from you so many of you are sending those audio messages through or text messages but the audio ones are fantastic because we can share them with the broader audience how do you do it if you want to send us an audio message just just make an audio file about three minutes any topic you like anything you want to shine a spotlight on do it and email it to us we're lucky now we've got an email time to talk australia at outlook.com time to talk australia at outlook.com send it through if you can send me a message on social media to say you've sent it that way i can check the spam folder make sure that it hasn't got trapped in there like a like a lot of them do but even if you don't want to reach out, thank you for listening. You know, I always enjoy spending a bit of time in your company talking about the things that not many other people enjoy. Only you and I, really. So God bless you. And the next time we talk, I will probably be telling you about my Barbie experience. And hell knows, I never thought I'd be saying that in the podcast. Take care. Good night.